Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Mamai Gift Boxes. We have just launched the first of many offerings to come to our Mamai brand. Rebirth is our birth box that was created with so much love and intention to support you as you slowly enter the birth realm to bring your baby home. Filled with nourishing, useful items that have been mindfully selected and recommended by guests featured on Positive Birth Australia. With a massive savings of over 20% of all products and over 15 beautifully selected items inside, it's the perfect gift idea or present to self. Head to www.positivebirthaustralia.com to purchase yours today and keep an eye out for future offerings. Welcome back everyone. Today's episode features Phoebe sharing the birth stories of her two children. Phoebe desired a natural birth with her first baby, but after it was discovered her leaking waters had meconium present, the hospital's protocol meant she would have to be induced. Despite the cascade of interventions that followed, Phoebe was elated with joy when her baby boy was placed on her chest for the first time. When the time came to call her second child in, she intuitively knew the only place her baby would be landing earthside was at home on country. As an Indigenous woman, there was unease about her daughter's suspected arrival being on Invasion Day. But a shift in perspective and trusting in her daughter's divine timing gave her the confidence and acceptance she needed when her surges began the morning of. Surrounded by her closest friends and family, Phoebe details the healing, transformative birth of her daughter, Cherry. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Phoebe. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Sky. Thank you so much for having me. Could you just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name's Phoebe and I am 34 and I live in, I now reside in Adelaide with my husband and my two children. We, I'm originally from Melbourne, however, 
I moved over here in between the two years of the harsh Melbourne lockdown. Okay. Yes, yeah, so um, my husband's family is from Adelaide, so we decided during the first year of lockdown that once we had our second baby girl, Cherry, we would uh, uh, re- relocate interstate. Yeah, okay. so um, now now we're here and we're, we're living in a small coastal town of Adelaide called Semaphore and uh, we, we live on the water, so very, very blessed to now have this chapter of our lives by the water, which is, yeah, pretty pretty magic, magical. Yeah, I bet. And were your yeah. pregnancies planned conceptions? Yes. Yeah, so our first-born Jimmy, he is three and a half. He, he actually was a little bit of a surprise for us, I will be honest. <laughs> um, I met my partner, Danny, and he, him and I actually, well, we knew that it, each other was the one, like when you know, you know, right? So, yeah, yeah so we did always speak of um, starting a family one day and I always did say that when I turned 30 that I would go off the pill. And I've always said that I'd been on the pills for 15 years and, you know, it started to not really resonate with me all that much. And, um, yeah, so I always said that at the age of 30, I will go off the pill and Danny was all for it. He's like very natural type of guy. He just wants me to do what's right and natural for my body. So, um, I did go off the pill as soon as I turned 30 and I literally had, one or two periods until I fell pregnant. So we we weren't exactly careful, but I honestly just didn't think that it would happen that quickly. I I was in the belief that like women that are on the pill, you know, in general, find it a little more difficult to fall pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wasn't too sure. So yeah, so actually fell pregnant. And I was in denial, to be honest, that I was pregnant. Yeah, I, I, I mean, for someone that is like, you know, likes to preach about listening to your body and, you know, this and that, I was, uh, I don't know, I was so naive. Yeah. I, um... I mean, it's a pretty big moment <laughs> finding out you're growing a baby. So I kind of get that, you know, slight denial. Yeah, totally. And we were living at my family home in Eltham at the time. Um, so my, my Danny had moved in with me at my, my family home in Eltham with my mum and dad, and, um, we were saving to move into our own home that I had already purchased. Um, so yeah, we fell pregnant and I think I got to about five or six weeks and I hadn't got a period, but it wasn't abnormal for me because my cycles were, you know, 30 to 35 day sort of cycles. And to be honest, I just had no idea about reading my own cycle and reading my own body in that sense because I'd been on the pill for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to about five weeks and then I was starting to feel a little bit sluggish. And then I think I was about six or seven weeks and I had one of my one of my best friend's 30th birthdays and um, all my girlfriends were there and the partners and everything and I was telling them how I, I think I had I have I think I have a bug because I've got no appetite I'd lost weight and I'd I had had a really nasty bug a couple of years before that when I traveled Cambodia and I'd actually ended up being hospitalized and was on you know like blood transfusion and all of that and all my girlfriends were very aware of that and they're like oh my goodness you know, surely you don't have another bug. Like, and then some of them were like, have you done a pregnancy test? And I was like, yeah, I actually did do one, but it came up negative. 
And they were just like, oh, okay, all right. And, you know, we'll go, go home, get better. And one of them was just like, hmm, she was so on to me. Actually, two of them were. So I went home and the next day I did do another one and it actually came up positive. And I was just like, whoa, what? <laughs> what? Like <laughs> I actually was on the toilet when I did it and I didn't come out of the bathroom toilet for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and I actually couldn't tell, I couldn't tell Danny. I just... I had to process it. Yeah. And um, one of my girlfriends and her boyfriends came over that day and, you know, I couldn't even tell her and they were having some drinks and I was just like, oh, no, I'm just not drinking at the moment. Um, And I actually hadn't. So I actually had been listening to my body subconsciously. I'd stopped drinking because I just wasn't craving it at that time. And for me, that was kind of a big deal because I am known as like a bit of a party girl, having a fun time and this and that, but I just hadn't wanted a drop of alcohol. Like, and I'd been to music gigs, um, you know, I'd seen the Foo Fighters, I'd seen like all these artists come to town and I just didn't even want to drink, which was really, yeah, it was really unusual. Um, And, you know, Danny again was just like, yep, if you're not feeling it, just listen to your body, da, da, da. And so, yeah, it turns out that I was pregnant and, yeah, when I told him, he, it was like he'd seen a ghost. He was just like, I actually didn't even verbally tell him. I drew it. I had to draw it in a picture. Like I drew a picture of him and I and me holding a baby with our dog next to us in front of our home that we were planning on moving into that following year and that, and that was it. I cooked a really nice curry for dinner and lit a candle and I just like slid the photo or the picture to him and he was just looking at it, just smiling and he's like, what is this? Wow. Um, yeah, and and I was just like, yeah, um, just look at the picture and he looked <laughs> and he was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> I love that idea. What a beautiful way to tell yeah, him. Yeah, because I, I honestly was still in so much shock. So. Yeah. He he's he has a really funny way with processing things. He goes he's he's introverted and so he goes re- he goes really inward, almost almost to the point where you think that he is upset, and and uh, yeah. So I left him. I actually said I'm going to go to bed because he w- he couldn't really even talk. He was just so in shock. Mm. Um, and so we were planning on driving to Adelaide the next morning to go visit his family for a long weekend and. You know, we sort of got in the car and I said, right, well, we've got seven hours of driving to talk about this and to process it together and work out how we're going to tell your family and my family Um, because he's also from a strict Christian family where, you know, obviously falling pregnant before wedlock is, you know, it can be a bit sinful Okay. Uh, he isn't Christian anymore. He sort of stepped away from the church a few years ago. But, yeah, anyway, it was funny because, you know, we processed it all. Um, we wrote all the emotions. We had like seven to eight hours to do so. Then we got to Adelaide and we told his family first and they were just ecstatic. They were so excited. Oh, awesome. Yeah, like I remember the next morning his mum going and picking all these fresh strawberries from the garden and she came inside and she's like, now I want you to eat these because these are for the baby and 
she's they're Italian and traditional Italians like it is all they want to do is feed you <laughs> and fat fatten you up and it's just yeah it was amazing so my mum and dad they they were actually surprisingly the ones that probably weren't as ecstatic because they were just like well you know are you, are you sure this is you know, this is, you know, this is what you want right now. You know, you've only, we'd only been together for nine months and when you know, you know, and he was 35, I was 30 and I just thought, this is happening for a reason. This is absolutely perfect. So once everyone knew it was, it was amazing. It was such a, it was a really beautiful pregnancy. Um, I kept super active. I, I mean, I've always been active, even as a young, young child. Um, so I kept up my, all my, you know, my, um, gym classes and my yoga. And, um, I only really got a little bit of nausea around the eight week mark. And then I was listening, listening to podcasts every morning when I would go out for a walk. Um, I meditated most mornings, it was yeah, it was really beautiful, and I, I was um, sort of planning for um, a natural birth through the hospital system through the midwifery program, and I sort of studied up. I did. I thought that I sort of educated myself really well. I I was reading and studying up on hypnobirthing, and um, yeah, you know, just talking to. Wanting to listen to as much positive stories as I could. What was your perception on birth when you found out that you were pregnant? Did you have any fear associated with it? Surprisingly, no. Awesome. Yeah. Surprisingly, no. Like I had heard some really horrific stories prior to falling pregnant, mm-hmm. um, and I, I remember thinking, "Wow, I, I never want to." I never want to have a baby. Mm. Yeah, I never want to have a baby if it's like that. But um, yeah, I something something switched in my mind whilst pregnant, and I just sort of was able to let go of the fear behind childbirth, and that maybe that came down to the books that I was reading as well. Um, yeah. So and Danny didn't really do too much studying, and I mean we did learn a lot from our first pregnancy and our first birth. We mm. both of us learned a lot, as you do. Um, he sort of went in thinking he would just go with the flow and he would just wing it on the day. But, mm, yeah, looking back, he, he, he sort of wished that he had have really studied up just as much more, just as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, anyway, the, the pregnancy was really beautiful. He came on 39 and two days. Awesome. Yeah. I'd gone out for a walk with my niece and our dogs in the morning and, um, yeah, just a casual 7K walk, as you do. Oh, wow. That's a long walk. I know. Um, <laughs> Can't even do that when I'm not pregnant. I know, because we were just walking, talking, and before we knew, we'd been walking for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Anyway, we, we went for a drive to Baby Bunting because I had to get a new um, breast pump tube, mm-hmm. and I started to get this feeling like I was weighing myself. And, um, yeah, ironically, my water's broke in baby bunting. So <laughs> I, it was sort of like a small, like a slow trickle. And, um, yeah, I, I said to her, oh, my God, can, can, you see, can you see wet from the back of my pants? And she was just like, well, they were, oh, they were black pants. She's like, no, I can't see anything. Why? And I'm like, I feel like I'm weeing myself, but I know that I'm not. And she was like, oh, my God, Phoebe, are your, is your water's breaking right now? <laughs> So uh, 
Uh, it's funny because no, nothing felt any different. It was just one of those slow leaks. It wasn't a burst. And um, so I sort of went to the counter and I was just like, mm, excuse me. Like there was a big queue. I'm just like, ah. Uh, my water's actually breaking. Is there any chance that I can go ahead? And the lady was like, oh, my God, yes, go in front of me. <laughs> so I got it. You know, all the ladies that were in the queue were just like, oh, my God, good luck. I was like, oh, thanks, ladies. I love it. How beautiful. <laughs> I know. So I went home and then my niece left and I called my midwife and she sort of said, yeah, it sounds like, yep, that, yep, that your waters are breaking. So just put a pad in your underwear and come in and I'll check and just to confirm and then you can go home and labour at home the way that you want because that was all my always my intention. And I had written up a birth plan and I, this, you know, my mum was going to be at the birth and, like, Danny knew that he had to set up, like, with my um, salt lamp and my music and all the oil, my essential oils and everything like that um, and my TENS machine. Uh, so, yeah, he got home from work and I told him and then we drove to the Mercy Hospital in Melbourne and... Uh, walked in and went into the birth program section area, the midwifery um, area, and um, my, n- neither of my midwives were on shift. They were due to come in in a couple of hours, so there was a sort of fill-in midwife for me. She was amazing, but she sort of asked to, to see the pad in my underwear, and when I showed her, it was like this light brown colour. Oh, meconium. Yeah, meconium, and uh, which I knew nothing about. So she was just, she just sort of like took one look and she was like, oh, and she knew, she knew what my birth plan was and she was just devastated because she basically said due to hospital policies and procedures, like we we have to get bubs out mm-hmm. as soon as possible, um, which means we're going to have to induce you. And I was just like, what? what do you mean, you know? And she was like, oh. And she she basically wanted to say, just go home. Mm. <laughs> but 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 she couldn't um, and, yeah, I I didn't know that at the time. And so I was devastated because I had, I had done everything in my power to bring on a natural labour. Like I was eating all the dates. I was drinking all the teas. I was, you know, um, uh, perennial massage I was doing all the things to p- prepare myself for a natural birth and um yeah just it didn't go that way so and you were still having no surges at this stage no none none okay. no so she said I'll give you about an hour and if the contractions haven't started I will have to take you in and we'll have to hook you up which was because I'd, I'd planned to get in the water as well mm. and as soon as you're being induced you can't even you can't go near the water so um so yeah basically it just the cascade of intervention began she induced me and then my mum and dad and my brother came in with snacks which was really cute <laughs> Danny was with me we had my hospital bag and yeah that the, they were sort of inducing me for a few hours and I was having like contractions but I wasn't really feeling it. So then she sort of put it up quite strong and then around about – so this all happened at about 6 p.m. The induction started at 7 and then by midnight I was starting to slightly feel like things were starting to ramp up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was starting to have to breathe through the contractions. Um, 
And I probably, and I did ask that I didn't want to be checked to see how many centimetres I was. I just was ready to just get in my zone. Um, and I was using like all my hypnobirthing techniques and, um, yeah, by around about, oh, I, I would say 3 a.m. things were, had really ramped up and from then onwards it was like basically the high, it was the highest strength of induction. She told me she had, she had put it right up because, because she was saying that my, my pain threshold must be quite high because I was having contractions and I was breezing through them. I was still talking through them. Yeah. So I was like, wow, okay, this is a good sign. So, but then, yeah, then things, things really ramped up and it was because I was actually going through transition phase and I didn't even realize. So, because I had said not to check me, (laughs) So I had started throwing up and all of that and um, Danny was doing a really good job with massaging my lower back. I could not get off the bed like I was leaning on bed and I just could not move from that position. I remember I just um, just I just remember my legs starting to feel like jelly because I had just been standing up and leaning for so long. I didn't want to walk around. I tried to get on all fours and I couldn't like it was just it was too much for me. Um, and so it got to the point where the, the contractions were so intense. Um, and like, because of the synthetic hormones that I I wasn't getting a break at all to even come up for a breath. And, uh, it just became too much. And I think at about, I think I got to 6.30 AM and I like, I was beside myself. I uh, was like, it wasn't even me in my mind anymore. And cause I, I just wasn't, it wasn't letting up. And I just said, I have to have an epidural. Something has to help me here. Cause like I'm not coping. And, um, so she ran off to see if it was available and she, she had said to me, are you sure? And I just said, oh, surely it can't be like this, you know? Um, and yeah, so she went off to see if one was available and they came in like really quickly and was able to do the to do the process of the epidural and um yeah i had it and obviously it was just like heaven and i laid on my back and then they checked me and i was nine and a half centimeters oh, wow. <laughs> i was just like oh my goodness but it didn't even matter at that time i just thought it's okay like you know i mean I'm, this is, this is great. And, um, yeah, I think about an hour later he arrived. So they ended up doing an episiotomy and a vacuum suction. Um, and then, you know, uh, they sort of cut the cord quite quickly and took him over to the bench to check because he had become really distressed and his heart rate had dropped. And I know that that's common for, for women that are induced. Mm. Um, yeah, so that sort of all happened, bang, bang, bang. It was very quickly. He came out. Then they they stitched me up. Um, they put the needle in my leg. The placenta came out. It all just happened so quickly. Um, and then he was placed on my chest and it was just like heaven. It was just so beautiful. Like everything that had just happened didn't even matter anymore because yeah. he was there and he, he was in my arms and – it was just crazy. It's like Danny was able to breathe. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even think he was breathing. So, um, 
it was just incredible. My dad and my brother were out in the the waiting room and um, they sort of came in and it was just really, it was just surreal. He was there um, and I forgot to mention that my mum was stood by me the whole time and she, it was just amazing having her there because she was like just this real feminine sort of figure, this motherly, well, motherly figure because she is my mum, that was there and able to tend to me from a from a place of knowing how I'm feeling because she had she had me and my brothers all naturally and she knew when to step in and put the blanket over me and when to take the blanket off my shoulders and when to because I was getting really dry in the mouth she was feeding me chewies she was giving me water whereas Danny just did not know what to do because I you know he just he just he was there he didn't leave my side but he would put the blanket on me at the wrong time when yeah. I was having a surge and I was like, get it off. Like, you know, mama knows, mama knows best. Yeah. Yes. So true. So, so, um, yeah, that was really, really good. Yeah. And how were you feeling after that experience? Like I was on a high, there's no, there was no denying. I was on a, a full high, the oxytocin, oh, it was just incredible, but I just knew that next time my birth will be on my terms and it will not be it will not be in a hospital i just knew that it's instantly it, I, I remember i remember thinking that the moment i had time to just think because i just my whole birth turned into a medical procedure and i really it's like i was a bit disappointed in myself for not knowing um enough um and I so it was probably a little too hard on myself, but um, yeah. And I had to stay the night over. I had to st- stay the night as well because he had had the vacuum suction. They want you to stay for twenty four hours so that the pediatrician can check them twenty four hours later. And which was also a bit of a bummer because I had planned to, you know, have my natural birth and then leave and go home with Danny. And but because I was in the public system, they didn't have any double beds available. He couldn't spend the first night with us, and um, it just it, it was a few things that didn't go to plan. And I knew that I had to just surrender to that, and that it is it was what it was. And you know, I I, I healed really really well. I um I had my placenta encapsulated, which was really awesome. I definitely um I definitely swear by having consuming your placenta um I mean it's not that I had anything to compare it to but my milk supply came in fast and strong and there was a it was in abundance like I had I had a huge milk supply basically the whole time that I breastfed um and I put it down to also having your placenta really it's sort of like mother nature's postpartum vitamins really yeah Yeah, I I would notice the days when I hadn't had my pills Yes, (laughs) you know like obviously as with the newborns and everything just having those you know they save anywhere from two to six capsules a day um have it when you're feeling low in energy and whether it's placebo or whether it's legit I it was like having like a mild coffee. I would just mm. without the anxiety, without the jitters. Yeah. <laughs> um. I remember having two capsules in the evening one night with dinner, and I could not sleep that night. I was so 
I was just so awake. I had so much energy to burn. I was just like, what have I, what's wrong? It's like I've had coffee this afternoon. And then I realized I've had my capsules too late. Yes, there's a cutoff, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there's a cutoff. I learned that. <laughs> so what did you do in the lead up to your next birth to get yourself more prepared and educated for that experience? Um, so what I did was I spoke to more women. Um I actually reached out to one of my my dear friends who was a midwife and she had actually just recently birthed at home and I'd always considered a home birth even with Jimmy's birth but it was a little hard for me because I didn't know anyone personally that had done it which which I feel plays a big factor in it yeah. and also my dad was a paramedic of 30, 32 years and my brother was a call taker for Triple O Ambulance and they were sort of, um, my dad's seen the worst of things. Like, yes, he has, he delivered so many babies at people's homes, um, you know, that are sort of where their labours had come on so quickly and this and that, but he's also has seen the worst of things as well. So for, and my, same with my brother, he's heard the worst just over the telephone. Um, so it was sort of, it was sort of not really an option for me because I felt like I wouldn't be emotionally backed by my family if I was to, um, I, I feel like there would be too much worry and concern to have a home birth. And I don't know, you know, obviously we are a close family and their opinions do matter. So um, second time around though, they sort of could really, they could tell that I was disappointed in the system and um, I, and you know, I did have my reasons obviously. And um, so I reached out to my friend who had birthed at home and she basically had the most beautiful story and it was for her first birth as well. And um, she, she, when I told her how my birth went down, she was just like, oh, my God, babe, you Oh, she she found it very frustrating because being a midwife in the system, she has seen and knows that this is all because of a big blanket policy that gets thrown over the, the category of meconium in the womb. And, um, yeah, so apparently most babies actually do have a some level of meconium in the womb, like most births. This is what I learned later. And uh, it's only a very, very small percentage of babies that do actually fall sick from having meconium. And uh, so she she sort of educated me a little bit more on meconium and she actually got me on to another lady that does do uh, like a private midwife that I could reach out to and, and ask questions about if, uh, if I was to decide to go down that path of a home birth. So... So it was there. The, the the seed had been planted and it just sort of sat on the back burner. And then Danny and I, we got married in March 2020 and then literally a week later COVID hit and all of Victoria went into to snap lockdown. It was just that's it. It's the whole state closed off and we were so blessed to get our wedding in literally the weekend before the world changed. Yes, it was just, oh, the timing couldn't have been any better <laughs> because it was also before masks were introduced. It was it, it was before um, 
people became standoffish from dancing and hugging and all of that. Like it, yeah. So it was like the last hurrah. And then, yeah. So we all went into lockdown and basically we, we sort of said, well, we may as well try for another baby. Um, if we're going to be in lockdown for the unforeseeable future, um, and just, you know, see how we go. And so we decided to, um, Got, stopped being careful after the wedding and within two months I was pregnant. Um, this time around I knew that I was pregnant. Um, I At about four weeks I had started to feel the changes and funny enough Jimmy was still breastfeeding so I think he was about 20 months old or nine, nine, 19 months old and he one morning just decided that he didn't want to breastfeed anymore. And so he actually said, no, 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 no. Like he, he started to feed and then said, no, no, no. And then I tried, I tried on the other boob and no, 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 no. Like he just didn't want it. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then I was like, do I, how do I feel about this? You know, this, yeah. am, am I ready for this? And I was like, well, you know, I'll just, I'll follow his lead. If he doesn't want this anymore, then that's okay. But something was telling me he's onto something. And then he, later that day, he actually lifted up my tummy, uh, up my shirt and kissed my tummy. <gasps> oh, oh, it was so beautiful. I know. And Danny and I looked at each other and we were just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So we did a pregnancy test and, yes, I was pregnant and um, it was just beautiful. Jimmy was so intuitive. He, yeah, and from then on he didn't want breast milk. So, yeah, it was it was actually another really beautiful and cruisy pregnancy. Um, so I probably should mention that I've been vegetarian for 11 years and I was vegan for seven. So Jimmy's pregnancy was vegan and, and also – I was vegan still when Cherry was conceived, but then throughout my pregnancy with her, I started to really crave fish again. So I started, you know, just listening to my body. I started eating tuna every now and then. Um, what else? I didn't really have any wild cravings really. Um, yeah, you know, obviously like every pregnant woman loves hot chips. Oh, and yes, so true. <laughs> hot, hot chips and Vegemite, obviously oh, Vegemite yum. just, oh, yeah. so good. <laughs> I did hold a little bit more fluid with cherry. So I, that's where I started to feel I think I'm having a girl. I did, I did, I was very suspicious that Jimmy was a boy and it, and we did find out with Jimmy that, he was a boy, so we knew that we were expecting a boy. So with Cherry, I, like, I just, I'm bad with surprises. I really wanted to know yeah. this time. And so I still went to my scans and we did find out that we were having a girl, which was beautiful, you know, one of each. And, um, yeah, I once we found out I was pregnant, I contacted that the private midwife and uh, that I'd been recommended by my friend and, Basically, she came to meet with us at our house in Eltham and we, it was like instant connection. She was just wonderful. I just, she answered all my questions. Um, basically, she even educated me as well about meconium and she showed me videos of so many of her mamas that had had meconium when their babies were born and that a part of, a, a part of the natural 
vaginal birth when the babies are coming down the canal and we're pushing them out. It's actually squeezing them together and it, it squeezes any mucus that they have in their lungs up and out of their nose. Yeah. And I actually didn't even know that that happened. So it was so incredible. She informed me and educated me so much. And here I was thinking that I had done a really good job of educating myself but really I was only just touching the surface I think you know so um and and uh she answered any questions that my mum and dad had about the home birth because they were nervous they were nervous that I was wanting to go down this path of a home birth but they also wanted to respect the fact that this is what I wanted and they, they also did respect I guess you would say I was carrying trauma from from Jimmy's birth because it was that big cascade of intervention and it all just happened so quickly and my birth plan was taken from me so quickly um, that they did want me to get the birth that I really, really wanted. Mm. So I started to get a little bit more verbal about it. I didn't really talk to too many people about the fact that I was birthing at home because I knew... I knew what people would say, um, you know, it's birthing at home isn't normalised yet and I feel like it is definitely making a big comeback and it is on the rise but at, when when I was going down that path, I, I knew that quite a few people were, would, were shocked, especially older people, yeah. <laughs> you know, like what, why, that's so dangerous, you know, the dangers behind it, this, that and the other. There's a huge stigma behind home birthing um, yeah. and I, I just thought, well, you know, I don't, I don't really have to answer these questions so the be- I'm just going to keep it to myself and those that I'm close with, those in my close circle. So, yeah, I um, told my close friends um, and, you know, Danny had my back 110% and he just – said you know if this this is how you want it and even he did as well because he was carrying a bit of trauma from the birth as well um yeah you know like just the bright lights and all and all the tools and all the this and the that and he just yeah so he's really stood up he he started watching documentaries with me he was watching birthing videos with me he was um he was reading with me we were practicing meditations together you know where like visual visual meditations where he was holding my belly and we're talking to our baby and it was so amazing like the journey yeah and because we were in lockdown we had a lot of beautiful home family time as well we were blessed to be living at my mum and dad's house in Eltham which is a such a beautiful part of Victoria um and Mel- like it's east northeast of Melbourne and it's it's in the it's in the sticks <laughs> it's like um in the hills yeah and yeah so we were on acre, like one acre of just lush bush jungle sort of property and um you know Jimmy was able to run around and spend a lot of time with my mum and dad whilst I continued to work and Danny was working and um I suppose I should mention that at the time I was actually studying to become a yoga teacher as well oh nice so it was it was all it was all happening I was working full time I had a toddler I was pregnant I was studying to become a yoga teacher 
Um, but I just sort of thought we're at home. There's there's nothing else to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And we were in lockdown for seven months. So, wow. And I, at one point, you couldn't even go any further than five kilometers from your own house. It was, it was, it was madness. Yeah. Yeah, and you know we. We kept getting told that it would only be one more week and it just, you know, it just never was the case. So um, my yoga teacher training did start before lockdown but then the rest of the, the training had to go online and we had to do it from the, the space of our own studies basically. So I was getting up an hour earlier each morning before logging on at work and practising my physical practice of yoga on the mat for an hour and then I would work. Um, my my Jimmy would either be with at home with my parents or he would be at daycare, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, overnight time we'd have family time and then I would study after putting him to bed. And then I did become a teacher halfway through. And then um, so I kept up my yoga teachings religiously every single day because I felt so good um, throughout my pregnancy. I just thought just keep rolling with it, keep practising as long as you're feeling good. Um, And a lot of my teachers that were also training me said, your body's so used to yoga that this isn't dangerous for your body. As long as you're listening to your body and obviously with your belly getting bigger, you make the adjustments that you need to make. And I definitely trusted in that and I have the practice of yoga to thank for keeping like strong um, and mentally strong I would say as well throughout throughout the journey. Um, yeah, so I would go for a walk most days, um, put in my podcast or my, my hypnobirthing meditations as well and, yeah, I really studied up on – my hypnobirthing techniques again. Yeah. Any fears that you had to work through in the lead up? No, Amazing. no. I just just trusted. I just trusted. If anything, I felt safer. Mm. The fact that I was birthing at home. It's just my. It was just so intuitive to birth at home. Um, yeah, nothing about it brought about fear. So it was probably halfway through my pregnancy or maybe a maybe going into my second trimester that I decided I wanted to have a few of my close girlfriends at the birth Mm -hmm. so I reached out to a couple of them because they are also quite maternal and uh you know very they were very interested in and very fascinated and trusting in my home birthing decision um, one of them in particular is, you know, I was born, born to be a doula, Imi. So I just, you know, I just thought this time around I want to have some of my lifelong besties by my side mm-hmm. um, because they, they were just so interested and, they, you know, they were checking in on me almost daily to see how I was feeling and, you know, um, it was just sort of that, that real feminine energy. And so I, I decided to have four of them there and also my brother because my brother and I are very close and yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted it to be different this time. So I, I gave each of them a certain job to play on the day of birth, you know, like my brother was to film it. Um, my girlfriend, Joe was 
taking photos because she's really good for with photography. Um, she was also pregnant as well, so that was beautiful for us to be able to share that. Um, you know, my other two, the other two that were there, my girlfriend Jess and Renee, like, you know, they've been, you know, they're like all four of them are, were part of a big group from school and they've just, we've all been such good friends since we were year seven. Actually, Jess and I since, we're, Jess and I since we were grade three. So they're sort of like that real sisterly figure. Um, yeah, and they were they were honoured to to be asked and to be there. Um, so I sort of put together a bit of a group chat and um, anything that arose, how I was feeling or whatnot or any ideas that I sort of had uh, in the lead-up to the pregnancy, I would just drop it in the chat and like, everyone was really starting to get quite excited the, as the journey went on and I typed up a visual. So my midwife... She really encouraged me to put a birth plan together and because I was a little bit hesitant to put a birth plan together and I think that, that I was still holding on. That was the only thing that I was afraid of is putting a plan together that's just not going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and she said, no, you absolutely put it together because the more you visualise this, the more you are calling that into your life, the more, and I and I knew all about the power of manifestation, but I, it's like I was doubting myself. Mm. Um, so she said, "Write it down. Tell tell every one of your birth people about it. Like vis- get them to visualize it every single day. Everyone needs to call this type of birth in." Um, and yeah, so we did. I typed it up and I sent that. I typed it up in real specific detail as well, and. Um, you know, I sort had sort of said it's going to be a water birth at home. We will be birthing like underneath the trees of my parents' home, my family home, because we are we are of indigenous background as well. So I was really, really passionate about birthing on country, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, she, uh, I sort of put that together for them, and I said that. You know, Emmy uh, will be doing this. Jess will be doing this. Um, Jess will be lighting candles and incenses. Uh, Renee will be making sure that the music is on point and um, giving me head rubs if I need it. And Joe will be taking photos. And Jess, my uh, my brother, so I had two Jesses there, will be filming. Um, Emmy will be stepping in and putting sponges on me and, um, you know, telling me positive affirmations and Danny will be massaging me and he'll be by my side the whole time and like everyone had it yeah everyone felt important and needed there on the day instead of just standing around not knowing what to do Uh, everyone had their place and my mum my mum and dad knew that they would be with Jimmy um it's funny because in my visuals I visualized it being during the day as well and it did happen during the day which was awesome um, so the, basically in the last couple of days, he, he, she came at 39 and two, just like Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I knew that she would come earlier. It had been a cup, bit of a heat wave in Melbourne, about maybe 40 degrees, 39 and 40 for a couple of days. So it was really hot. She was born on January 26. So it was the middle of summer. Um, and my, yeah, so there's a bit of a story behind that as well. Be, with the Indigenous background and my family heritage, um, I was 
so fixed on her not coming on January 26 because her due date was Feb the 2nd and I knew she would come early. I just knew it. And my brother had just had his 30th birthday um, and the next day Danny played a gig and I think I started to get some niggles because he's a musician. So he went off and played a gig and had his phone on loud on stage just in case I went into labour. <laughs> and um, I started to have some niggles and then the next the next morning was, uh, as we call it, Australia Day or Invasion Day. Yeah. And... We were in bed in the morning and obviously being a public day off, we were just having a bit of an intimate moment. We did have sex and that actually triggered my contractions. Oh, of <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, oh, my goodness, maybe we shouldn't have yeah. done that. <laughs> so I just thought, oh, I'm, getting, I'm starting to get a bit of a period pain and then I said to him, yeah, I've just had a few waves of period pain. I have a feeling that this is the, the beginning of my labour. And oh, he was like, oh, okay, um, all right, cool. Well, do I have time to do a quick workout? And I was just <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, go about your day. Like just do what you would normally do. So he quickly jumped in the gym. We did have a gym at home. And I got up and went and told my parents, um, you know, I've sort of been getting some contractions that keep coming in waves. They're, they are consistent and they're just very mild. And they were like, oh, wow, okay, all right. And so I was like, yeah, everyone just, you know, just this, it, it, this is very, this is a very calm day, okay. And they were just like, yes, yes, absolutely. So I messaged my birthing crew and I just said, yeah, I think that we're, we're on here. And um, they were like, this is amazing because it's a public holiday. They didn't have to get up in the middle of the night to come. Yeah, Every, yeah everyone had a day off. It was like no, no one had to leave from work. It just it, it worked really well actually that it was a public day off. And um, so I called my midwife. She said, okay, well, just let me know when you're having like, you know, two contractions every 10 minutes. And she was only a 30-minute drive away. So, yeah, I did. I rode it out for a few hours. I, w- I fed Jimmy his breakfast. Um, you know, I had a coffee with my mum. And then uh, Rabbit Proof Fence was on TV and we were sitting down and we were watching it. And it's like, you know, just riding those emotions of all the emotions that to- that do come with Australia Day or Invasion Day and um, I just was I felt a bit uneasy I was just like I don't why is she coming today like this date is so tarnished for us uh, and it does hold a lot of you know a lot of heartache and pain that day with the history that comes with it and um, yeah so I sort of like went outside and I was just like oh I'm just so I've got to be trusting of this and then I just was a little unsure so I sat down with Danny and he said look you know this is happening for a reason she's coming today because it's her way of saying look time to break break old traditions and pave the way for something for a new way to celebrate this day um you know pave the way for new things to come for this day and yeah just just the way he said it, he's always got had a really amazing way with words and it did. It, it just helped ease, ease 
all the, you know, sort of concerns I was having and um, I was able to let it go. And then from then on, the contractions really started to ramp up. <laughs> uh, I started to really, I was, you know, burning clary sage. We had the pool set up already. Uh, my brother was there. He was, you know, getting a little bit of footage with uh, his phone and just, you know, taking some videos. And we had my positive affirmation cards set up around the birthing pool that Danny and I had written and drawn up maybe two or three weeks before that day. And, um, yeah, so I had said to the girls, like, don't rush over. Danny will tell you when to come. And, yeah, basically when you do come, don't you won't be in the room with me until until I am in like the the later stages of labor because I, I didn't I didn't want to feel like I was being watched and they completely agreed so they sort of arrived around about 2 p.m and they came in and they gave me a big cuddle and by this point uh I think you know, I think things had really started ramping up. They came in, they gave me a quick hug and I bawled my eyes out. Just seeing them made me so happy um, and that even made the contractions get even more intense because I think all my hormones were starting to do their thing and, um, you know, they were just like, you've got this, babe. You know, we're here, we're here and we're, we're going to do this. It was not like you're going to do this, like we're going to do this. And I was just like, oh, it just was that real village feel. Yeah. Um, so they left the room and they, um, my midwife like drew the curtains because I had asked for the, the darkness and I really had to go inwards and I was standing up, walking around and leaning again. I love to just lean against something. So I was leaning against the table that was in the room and I had, um, my bucket. So I'd, I started to vomit and then all of that. And then that's when the girls came in. And then I remember um, Jess kept emptying the bucket out into the laundry and she hates vomit. She hates vomit, but for some reason she was on vomit bucket duty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and she every, every, I know every time, every time she, she told me later, she's like, every time I had to empty the bucket, I was dry reaching. <laughs> oh. I was just like, oh, you're so funny. I didn't spew all that much. It was just, you know, that's just my body's way with just dealing with it. I think I spewed maybe three or four times. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I I had been standing for quite a while, probably for like three or four hours, and my midwife could start to see that I was starting to get a bit tense in my legs. I wasn't relaxing as much as I could have been, um, and I was trying my best to lean into the surges um probably yeah and I was I definitely was every time I was having a surge I was visualizing um my baby coming down and out I was really using the power of the J breath and visualizing her coming out and me opening up like a lotus flower and all these things these visual meditations that I'd been working with and um then when she noticed I was getting quite tense in the legs, she suggested that I go and sit on the toilet. And so Danny and her took me through to the toilet and closed the curtains and I sat out. It was an ensuite, so I had my, my toilet there and I, I said, I need the bucket, I'm going to be sick again. So I sat down and I threw up again and then I had a really big surge and it was that was that was the big one 
and it was as soon as I sat down, like it's, it's almost like my body just went, oh, you, you're relaxing your legs now. Let's just give you a really, really big surge. And I, I really lent into that one. Um, and then my, um, my midwife actually said, do you just want to have a touch to see if you can feel anything? And I did. I like just got my fingers and I just, just slightly touched myself and could feel her head there. And I was like, that when it, that was when it hit me. Oh my goodness. Like we are so close. This is, this is amazing. This is actually happening. I'm doing this, you know? So yeah, she said, okay, we'll just have one more surge on the toilet and we'll basically go back out to the pool and you can get in. So I did. I had one one more surge. It was amazing. Sitting down just changed everything. It's like, yeah, so I had one really big surge. It probably went for about a minute. I really had to focus on that one. And then they walked me back out and um, she told me to just squat by the pool and the moment that I started to, to do so, my waters just went and burst all over the floor, which really shocked me because because when Jimmy's broke, it was such a slow leak. It, I just, you know, it was it was literally what you see on a movie. It was like a and and all the water just came gushing out. And it, I think a couple of the girls screamed, <laughs> so they were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was just shocked. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I slowly got down into a squat, and I had to really, really breathe through these. I think I had two more surges in a squat position, you know, um, that point, like the girls were stepping in, they were taking turns because Danny had to have a bit of a rest. He had to go to the toilet. He was busting this whole time. <laughs> so they did like a bit of a swap over um, and a couple of the girls, were, uh, Renee was stroking my hair because I love to have my head rubbed and scratched. Um, and then like Emmy was just telling me, reminding me to use the power of my breath, you know, positive affirmations and basically I had a, one last surge in outside the bath and I had always said I don't want to get into the water until I am basically about at pushing point because I just didn't want anything to stall my labour and I was told that entering the water can stall your labour a bit if you're not in transition phase. So, yeah, I did. I, I um, slowly hopped into the bath and the water was so warm. It just felt amazing on my body. It just I can just remember getting goosebumps on my upper body. It just felt just blah. It was, like, amazing. So, yeah, um, I think from then on I had maybe three really big surges before I started crowning and – it was just, it was just surreal. I was in such a euphoric space in my mind. Like they say that, you know, you go through transition, but then you enter like that real dream-like state where they say that that is when you literally have left your body to 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 ascend into the universe to collect your child and bring them down to earth and I honestly felt like that's what was happening I had an I basically had an out of body experience it was just it was just truly incredible and to know that that's what childbirth is if you allow it to be um and I was just like wow all the books I've read are, are actually spot on the way they are written and articulated it's just 
it's exactly what I experienced. And I was, I even, I remember saying, Danny, or Bew, that's his nickname. We call each other Bew. And I was just like, I love you. <laughs> I was, it's like I was on drugs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I love you too. And, yeah, he was just stroking my head and the girls were giving me water because I was really, really thirsty. Um, and then, yeah, I had the next surge was the crowning and because I had done a lot of perennial massage in the last five weeks leading up to childbirth I was really afraid that I would tear from my scar tissue of the stitches from the episiotomy with Jimmy Um, so I made sure I really really got in there with the perennial massage and it made a huge difference um, because I didn't end up tearing at all so yeah, the, the the ring of fire, so to speak, was completely bearable. I feel like the ring of fire is nothing compared to the the intensity of the surges. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had always said I actually don't want to, to push. I just want to breathe her out because of that fear of tearing. So, that yeah, it's exactly what I did pretty much. I just used my breath to just breathe her down and then – when the, my midwife started to say that she's, you know, this is it, you know, her forehead is out, she's down to her eyebrows, I was just like, what? And, you know, the girls were just like, the girls were just like, you've got this, Phoebe. Oh, my God, Phoebe, you've got this, you know. You're so close, babe. You're so close. She's, she's beautiful. And then my brother and then Danny, he started to cry because he, he was just like, I can see our baby. And so, yeah, she came down to her head and then she was you could see her literally in between two worlds for a good couple of minutes and it was so peaceful. No one was making a sound. You could just see her in the water um, and I was just I was just in La La Land. Um, uh, I didn't actually think to reach down and have a feel of her face. I kind of was like, no, I just need to stay in this zone. Yeah, so then um, my midwife said, are you getting any more contractions? Because I think she was a little bit like, oh, you know, it's been a few minutes now. Um, And I was like, no, not yet. But then I did, the next one started to come on and uh, she said, this is going to be it. So basically I started to scream. I screamed because she said, you can let go now. You stop holding. You don't even have to hold on anymore. You can let go. And I think that I had been holding on out of fear that I would tear and all of my insides would come out (laughs) because that's what it felt like. But I just let go and she came flying out into the water and, um, yeah, basically Danny caught her and lifted her up in between my legs and just put her straight onto my chest and I kind of kept her body in the water to, um, to keep her warm. But, yeah, I just sort of placed her onto my chest and it was just like I couldn't believe I was holding her and the girls were the girls were crying and my brother was sort of crying and it was just beautiful it was just the most surreal moment it was exactly how I'd visualized it as well and then my mum and dad had heard me scream so my mum came into the room um and she was just like oh my god she's here so she went out and got my dad and then they brought Jimmy in and then Cherry let out her first cry and she had a set of lungs on her, that's for sure. She mm-hmm. sort of started she started to cough and then she started crying and, you know, so I sort of called her in and, um, yeah, she it was just beautiful. She 
she looked so much like Jimmy. Just looking down at her, I just thought, wow, you're like his twin. It was like holding him again. It was amazing. It was so beautiful. And then they, so the girls lifted up the curtains and everyone just sort of stood around just staring at Cherry. She was, the girls had been feeding me cherries. Oh. <laughs> and they did. Oh, yeah, I'd set I'd set up some snacks for myself. There was cherries and some lollies and, um, you know, they'd been feeding me some cherries and they were like, oh, we've been feeding you cherries. <laughs> and I was like, I know. Oh, I love it. That's so beautiful. Your birth is giving me big Rhea Dempsey vibes. I don't know if you've heard my interview with her, but she speaks of her births as, you know, she had lots of people around her and they were like celebrations almost. Yeah, totally. And I... I think I can't remember if I did get my idea off Rhea because one of the books I read, which was like my Bible um, be- before, uh, you know, during pregnancy was Rhea Dempsey's Birthing with Confidence. Yeah, amazing book. And uh, that that book was just oh, so empowering. Mm. Yeah, and also Ina Mae Gaskin's uh, Guide to Childbirth. That mm. book is just incredible as well. But, yeah, those two books, they – Oh, they were power. Yeah. Also, Instagram connected me with some really like-minded home birthing mamas as well um, that I'm that I've become really good friends with. They actually, um, one of them is your sister-in-law. Oh yes, you said that. Yes. <laughs> and um, a couple of her other friends that you probably know actually. Yeah, maybe. So, and it was amazing because one of them. Um, Jessie, she got me through oh, my Jessie. one and only crisis of confidence that I had. Okay. And, you know, I, I had that around about the 38-week mark and her and I had connected through – I saw her birthing video on Instagram and I connected with her and actually reached out to her and we we, we became friends. And um, she started – yeah, Jessie Mack, she, she's – um, she answered any questions that I had and she just reiterated that I was born to do this and, you know, Mother Nature designed us this way and it was just exactly what I needed to hear and, you know, because I had woken up one morning thinking, oh, no, what if I've made the wrong decision? What if I can't do this? You know, and it was like that one crisis of confidence that I had and because of that and because I did vocalise it and reach out to other women, I was able to be reassured that, I am doing. I am making the most correct decision by doing this, and um, and I'm, you know, I'm such an intuitive person. So yeah, um, it was beautiful. So yeah, we had that whole village, village sort of feel there, and yeah. and then uh, yeah, my placenta came out about fifty minutes later. I was still in the water, um, and that was sort of like childbirth all over again the the contractions the contractions and the surges were just as intense but that's okay um you know I I just breathed the placenta out and um cherry cherry latched straight away and she did she did not stop feeding the whole time we were in the bath and I just thought I think I've got a little piggy on my hands because (laughs) she had such a big feed. I know that they only have such tiny tummies when they're born and she, you know, she was only getting the colostrum, but she fed, she literally fed the whole time we were in the water, which was a solid 50 minutes. Um, Yeah. So once the placenta came out, I started to get a little bit cold. So Danny and my midwife helped me out and the girls sort of 
help me walk to the bed and they had laid blankets and towels all down in my bed because my bed was in the same room. And, um, yeah, sort of popped up in bed with Danny and, oh, sorry, I should mention that Jimmy got in the bath with us. So the four of us were in the bath together and we introduced him to his sister, which was really, really, really special. Um, I think he had a little bit, he had more fun playing in the water than what he did (laughs) actually meeting his sister because he he was only two years old. So, (laughs) yeah, but it was still beautiful. Um, and so got into bed and yeah, then the girls left, they sort of gave me a big kiss and a cuddle and they left us to it really. My mum and dad and my brother went into the kitchen. I heard them pop a bottle of champagne to, cele- <laughs> to celebrate Cherry's safe arrival because, you know, um, they had all been a little bit nervous to the lead up to that day. I didn't even realise but my dad had actually had his first aid kit set up outside oh. just in case anything was oh. anything went wrong. Bless him. Yeah. He had all his equipment set up just oh in gosh. case. It was so funny. <laughs> Bless his I heart. know. I know. So um yeah, so it was really beautiful. And so my midwife took my placenta, she checked it out, she made sure that everything was intact and that I wasn't there was no pieces missing. Um, she checked me, she confirmed there was no tearing, uh, which was music to my ears. I was so, so, so happy to hear that down there was okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she took my placenta into the kitchen and she actually made me up a placenta smoothie. So she cut off like a little chunk and put it in with, you know, banana, blueberries, all the frozen berries, peanut butter. She brought like a big concoction of things over to put in there. Um, and it's funny cause I was craving it. It, I know it sounds disgusting and it would must sound disgusting to so many people, but um, I couldn't get enough of it. It's, it's almost like a vampire just drinking blood. I was drinking my smoothie. I could not stop. It was so good. It was so replenishing. Um, and it just hit the spot because I hadn't eaten since breakfast that morning and she arrived at 4.35 p.m. in the afternoon. Um, yeah, so had my smoothie, which was great, and she took my placenta away to dry it out and encapsulate it for me. Yeah, and then we had a big pizza feast, um, and then Danny and I just jumped back into bed and we were just infatuated with our little girl. She had arrived safely. Um, I was just riding the biggest high of my life. You know, I just I couldn't stop smiling, and she just slept on us skin on skin all night. And Jimmy, Jimmy was happy. He went to bed that night. He's always been such a great sleeper, so he slept through. And we, she just slept and fed, slept and fed. And then the next morning, my my midwife came back and yeah, gave us a check. It was all great. It was just amazing. Yeah, so special. I know. And what a contrast to your first birth. Totally, yeah. It was it was a huge, huge it was so healing. It was exactly is exactly what I needed to just sort of gain that back and um it just yeah, I yeah, I just I couldn't swear enough, like and just you know, the power behind listening to your intuition and just mm. educate educating like as much as you possibly can. It just makes the biggest difference. And if your gut's saying something, then just roll with it because 
yeah, I had sort of ignored it a little bit with my first pregnancy and that's to be expected, I suppose. But, um, yeah, we're, so when the next day with Cherrywood, then we sort of took her outside for the first time and it was a beautiful summer's day. I think it was like 36 degrees and uh, we lay her out. I'd set up like this really big like banana leaf from one of the palm trees and um, – and we sort of like connected her with the earth as well and just wanted to just like introduce her to the land of our family home and to just welcome her to country, I suppose. And I popped her down. She was just laying so peacefully on this big banana leaf. You could hear her listening to the sounds of like all the insects in the ground and it was just truly magical. Yeah, we sort of like, it was sort of like a mini, you know, a little ceremony for her. Yeah. And um, just to have the sun touching her skin for the first time and, yeah, that's it. I started my journey of recovery and my milk came in and she started to gain weight like a champion. She, she, fed, she fed really, really well. Uh, I was very blessed in the sense that both my babies had were both fed really well mm-hmm. um, because I, I do know that that can be quite tricky for many. So I... Yeah, I didn't, don't take any of my feeds for granted, that's for sure. Yeah, so that's it. Beautiful. Mm. What a powerful journey you've had. To wrap up the episode, what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there? Okay, so my, my key piece of advice would be decide on the birth that you want and – and go for it. So if a natural birth is what you are wanting, you have to educate yourself like it's the most important assignment you've ever done in your life. Yeah. Don't go through your journey thinking it's okay, I'll just go with it and, you know, just roll with the punches because if you fail to prepare, then prepare to fail. Yeah. I've, I, read, I read that quote and I, I just think that that quote is so spot on because it's, um, it's, it's not something you can just rock up to and just go with it. I know that a lot of women do decide to go with that mentality out of fear that they won't be able to do it. But what you have to do is, is educate yourself and surround yourself with people that believe in you and are also going to help you get to the finish line. And that was another reason why I decided to have some friends and some family around because I knew that they would be my cheer squad and that they would support me emotionally, physically, spiritually, the whole journey. And um, if I was to have crises of confidence or hit that wall, I knew that they would be there and I could lean on them to get me over that finish line and that's exactly what happened, yeah. yeah. And to just listen to your body. Yeah. You know, if your intuition is telling you and your gut's telling you that this is what you want to go for, then go for it. Reach out to um, other women that have had similar births or and, you know, listen to positive stories like what you're providing for everyone. And uh, also videos. Videos are very, very empowering and that was why I actually put a, a video together of Cherry's birth because when I was pregnant, I just feel like I couldn't find much content out there to watch and um yeah I just feel like there was a few that I came across and they they were really really helpful for helping me just know that I am 
I am fully stepping into my female autonomy here and trusting in this process as I bring my baby earthside. Yeah. Beautiful advice. Yeah. Well, it's been so awesome to chat with you. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today. Thank you so much, Sky. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that brings us to the end of today's show, everyone. I loved so much the village energy of Phoebe's home birth. It's not really often that you hear of that many people in someone's birth space at home. So I was completely captivated hearing all the different roles everyone played and everyone cheering her on in the background as she brought her daughter Earthside. I mean, how gorgeous is that? As I mentioned in the episode, the wonderful Rhea Dempsey said that birth for her was always a celebration. So I thoroughly enjoyed feeling that energy from today's story. And I hope you guys did too. I also wanted to quickly touch on meconium in your waters. I'm going to share a link in the show notes to a report done by Dr. Rachel Reed on this topic. She says in the vast majority of cases, meconium shouldn't be an issue, but the interventions that usually take place after it has been detected can lead to your baby inhaling this fluid, which is the major concern when meconium is found. This is not to instill fear, merely to inform so that you're aware that if you choose to birth in the hospital, which is a great choice if that's where you feel safest, just be aware that the hospital will want to manage a situation like this, like they did with Phoebe's. My suggestion would be to have some preferences in your birth plan, just in case this is something that does come up during your birth so that you are fully prepared for the path that it takes. Let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram. And if you love Positive Birth Australia, please help our story to reach the people who need it by leaving a review on your podcast platform. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.